ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone in between or irrespective of that binary, welcome to Infinity City. We are a cinematic actual play masks a new generation experience podcast, something like that. We today will be going through our character creation. So if that's not your jam and you want to skip past that, we are also releasing our first issue at the same time. You can jump straight there without missing anything as far as plot goes, but this is going to be some good background information. You can call me Elliot because that's my name now. Still getting used to that. I use he, him pronouns, and you can find me on Twitter at Podcaster Elliot. But I am just the GM of this show. I'm not one of the important ones. At this point, I will introduce you to the real stars of our show. Hello, my name is Jordan. I use they, she pronouns. I am one of the important ones. You can find my Twitter as Cuttlefish Tweet. Cuddle as in the embracing action, not the proper cut TT spelling. And I'll be playing Nico Tran. Hello, I am JV. I also use they, she pronouns. I am at Red, Black, Golden pretty much everywhere. And I will be playing, I'm pretty sure her superhero name is Rook. My name is Nika. I use they, them pronouns. You can find me pretty much everywhere at Gummy's Art because I'm an artist, like I draw things. And uh, here I am playing Casey Everett, Techno Jack. Hey, my name is Aram Vartian. You can find everything that I do at aramvartian.com. Launching a new show called Kill Every Monster literally at midnight here, but like in an hour and a half. And I am playing, his name is Orion. He has one name. It's all he goes by. And so I'm playing Orion. All right. So with that, we'll just jump straight on into it with character creation. So do we want to go in that same order? Does somebody want to jump to the top of the order? I have everything ready. I will be playing Casey Everett, a hero name Technojack. They use they, them, and she, her pronouns. And I am playing the protege playbook so let's go ahead and start off with what they look like and we'll go on from there what's casey's general look how would you describe them casual and ratty but in a cool way they have this dirty blonde hair kind of messy a bit of a mullet going on and big thick square eyeglasses some piercings on their ears. One of the piercings is like just a safety pin. And they usually wear like these baggy clothes and weird t-shirts with odd logos in them. At least some of them have to be like unofficial merchandise for some sort of brands. And they often wear this oversized hoodie with fur lining in the hood and they have some freckles on their face and electric blue eyes. And how old is Casey? I think she's like 17. So let's move on a little bit and tell us about when Casey is Technojack, what are their powers? Yeah, going by the playbook, their powers are hacking 
and elemental control. And this manifests as they can basically control electricity. Like they can make lightning bolts appear out of their hands and whatever. And their hacking ability is part actually knowing how computers work and part like they're in a way telepathically communicating with computers using like um, comic book bullshit mechanics. Like they are sending like small electric impulses so to speak to machines. But it's only one way. They cannot understand what the machines are saying. Ooh, definitely like that. Love me some comic book bullshit. Where you're just like, it's comic book science. As the protege, you've got a shared ability with your mentor. And then your mentor has an ability separate from you. Before we get to that, tell us a little bit about your mentor. Who's got Techno Jack under their wing? My mentor's name is Wireframe, or his civilian name is Maxwell Brunson. He's like a Bronze Age hero, I think. He's not super aged. He's like in his late 30s, early 40s. Our shared ability is hacking and his own abilities, weapons and gadgets. He's like... One of those superheroes that doesn't really have like flashy superpowers, but he's smart, knows a whole lot about robotics, makes a lot of machines to fight crime. And he's a bit of a, how nowadays, a lot of times in comic books, there's this one character that's supposed to be like a mentor figure to the younger characters, but he's actually accidentally like a hot dad. That's his general look. I love that. It's a very specific character that all of us instantly knew. Everybody pictured something. Oh yeah, immediately. Yes, and in the Protégé's playbook, you choose one label that your mentor embodies and one label that your mentor denies. He embodies hot dad. Yes, that's not a label because our characters are children. But the other thing he embodies is superior and he denies freak because as a hero who doesn't really have his own superpowers, he's always telling Casey to like not lose control of her powers so that people don't get hurt by accident. I'm sure that would never happen. It's fine. That would never happen. I did not take the protege move that lets you roll that <laughs> to clear things. Not at all. Let's dive into Casey's backstory. First up, how did Casey and Bronson or Techno Jack and Wireframe, whichever was the sort of situation there, how did they first meet? I think they met when Casey was working as like this white hat hacker, like those hackers that do good by hacking, so to speak. And Maxwell took notice of her exceptional hacking skills and tracked her down. And it was a lovely surprise that this was also like a super powered kid. So he was like, yeah, I could help you out. So was she hacking into something of his, or did he just happen to take notice of it? She was actually hacking into something like of a villain that Bronson was tracking down. Okay, so it was like a weird hacking meet cute, but not in a dating way. Yeah, 
not in a dating way. Don't do that. We can combine the next two, I think. Why did you choose to train with them? And why did they agree to train you? What was the sort of escalation of that? I'm thinking like Casey hasn't really done much superhero stuff before meeting Bronson. Casey has just been living with their superpowers and being told by everybody that that's pretty dangerous. You shooting lightning out of your hands and maybe you should focus on something else you're good at. <laughs> and Brunson was like, we cannot really leave that unchecked, but like in a way that you could also use that for good instead of causing blackouts or whatever. All right. And what's his sort of motivation for that? Yeah, I think he just like genuinely wants to help because he's seen so many villains and superheroes who have like never had a positive outlet for their powers or whatever go bad in a way. So he like, he, his idea was like, if there's this one at least this one kid I can help out before anything bad happens. Like, maybe that's like a start to something better. All right. And who else outside of the team knows about your training? I think my parents. That's fair. That kind of leads us into what's Casey's home life? I hadn't actually put a lot of thought to this, but I'm thinking she probably only has one parent. Like... A single parent situation, maybe a sibling. Yeah, a single parent and one sibling. Yes, she lives with her dad and younger sister. All right. How old is the sister and do you have a name for her? She is 14 years old and her name is, hold on, Catherine. With a C. All right. So is your dad like supportive of your training? What's his sort of outlook on that? I think he is supportive because I think a lot of before the training began, Casey has been like a bit of not really like a shut in, like she has gone to school and everything, but just basically spending all her time home just sitting on that damn computer and everything like I think her dad is happy that she is doing something like I don't want to imply that her dad is not supportive of her uh, hobbies otherwise but something productive yeah like she's getting out there and like socializing and stuff like diversifying her hobbies a bit yeah, and also her dad doesn't have superpowers. Her sister doesn't have superpowers. I think they haven't really been able to help with her superpowers. It's just, have you tried not shooting lightning out of your hands? <laughs> <laughs> so we'll do the stuff about the team once we learn more about them. As far as moves go, the way I'm going to edit this, I guess mm -hmm. now would be a good time to bring that up for the listeners as well. When I said at the top of the show that the plan is to make this cinematic, 
My idea is that I'm going to edit out like the moves and decisions and table talk so that we get the, the action, if you want to call it that, so that it flows a little bit more fluidly and there's not as much as far as like us talking about the meta, making decisions, talking about roles and stuff like that. If you want to go over your moves, we can, but I don't think like they'll be like edited out of the actual show. I think I can talk about them because they, because at the beginning of making a character, you can only choose like a certain number of moves. So it influences like what kind of person your character is at the start. Yeah, that's definitely fine. What moves did you take for Techno Jack here? Yeah, I took been reading the files, which is like, this move means that my mentor has told me a whole lot about the superhuman world. When you first encounter an important superpowered phenomenon, my call, a role plus superior on a hit, tell the team one important detail you've learned from your studies. The GM will tell you what, if anything, seems different from what you remember. On a 10 plus, ask the GM a follow-up question and they will answer it honestly. On a miss, the situation is well outside your base of knowledge. The GM will tell you why. And my second move is venting frustration. When you directly engage while you are angry, you can roll plus the label your mentor denies. In this case, freak and clear angry. And then be mindful of your surroundings. When you assess the situation before entering into a fight, you may ask one additional question, even on a miss. Love it. So I'm a bit of a nerd. Never would have figured that out. And then the final thing for right now, your mentor has up to three resources that they have given you and the team. So what? are the resources that Wireframe has provided to you all? It's a vehicle with a med lab inside and then simple little robots, like hovering Roombas. <laughs> I haven't really decided what sort of vehicle it is. I've been like thinking of it as like a big car, basically, if it can fit a medical lab inside, but like I'm up for everybody to like building it together basically all right who wants to introduce their character up next so i don't fully have everything but i am willing to improvise until it makes sense i have fully reworked the name and i am doing a thing that I only was telling myself, hey, don't do that, because if you do that thing, people are going to then start thinking about another character that exists in the universe. But I don't care. So the character that I am going to play is Jacqueline Jackie Cuervo Dawes and superhero name The Raven, she, her pronouns for her. She is the doomed. And uh, yeah, how does she physically look? That was part of the thing that I didn't get a chance to finish. She is dark-skinned, as is pretty much everyone I play always. 
She has medium length hair. It's a little bit choppy. Looks a little bit like she did it herself. Kind of wavy-ish. And her hair is mostly black with a little hint of purple in it. She is constantly wearing several, not all at once, but there's a rotating like list of oversized hoodies involved. Just oversized black hoodies, a staple. And most likely just a, a pair of jeans. Also black jeans. Black skinny jeans because sure. Glasses. Not super large glasses. They seem stylish looking. Her appearance might give off the vibe that were it not for the glasses, which look like designer glasses, because they are designer glasses, her family is relatively wealthy. She is definitely for sure the black sheep of this family in more ways than one. Now, while creating Jackie, I did a thing that I like to do a lot, which is look at what some of the backstories are for another playbook, the legacy in this case. And the legacy I like for a couple of reasons. One, the concept of you have like expectations and things that your parents hoped for a little bit, but you'll note I didn't choose that one. I opted for the doomed because at a certain point, homegirl did something she shouldn't have done, which was read from a weird book that she found in the library. This is not to say, kids out there, you should absolutely go to the library and learn fun things at the library. The library is a lovely place. However, this one room didn't really seem like people were allowed to be in it. I don't know, when you're at the library as much as she is, you might as well just go in and check it out. So she did. We got through one page, just one page, but that one page, certainly enough, sort of shaped her life in a wild way. For context, her parent, her dad in this case, was a superhero known as the Crow, who can fly and is good with weapons. Prior to this interaction with this book, Jackie couldn't fly, and it was not looking super great for her developing wings and therefore the ability to fly. That was not just a thing that was going to happen, which is super upsetting to both of her parents, but specifically her dad. So when she read this book and found that she had powers after, that was a surprise and also not necessarily the most welcome of surprises to her because it would just disappoint her dad even further. That like she not only did she not have powers, she didn't have ones that had anything to do with his. So how, I don't know, the rift is just going to grow larger between the two. Though so he hasn't told him yet. And is just sort of trying to figure it out anyway that's as far as i've gotten with this character oh and i think i said earlier that that declan's hero name was the rook and i have switched it to the raven let's actually uh get into those powers a little bit you mentioned that she's got flight what else is her power wheelhouse so mainly how this is going to manifest how this manifests for her is not so much flight because she can't actually fly yet. That's just, that might be a thing that develops eventually. At this current moment, she can move things with her mind. However, it is, it usually is rather aggressive. She's not great at it yet, is what I'm getting at. She's not great at it at this whole thing yet. She's figuring it out. This is relatively new. 
but her powers manifest themselves by magically being able to move objects around or similarly using a sort of blast of telekinetic force. Those are the sort of two ways in which at the current moment it manifests. However, she has been known on occasion to develop, uh, to develop abilities that she shouldn't be able to do at all that it might make, say, more sense for somebody who was a Nova to generate, or a outsider, or something else. I, I What I'm trying to get at is one of her doom signs is infinite power. That's yeah, I was going to say, skipping at. ahead, I'm assuming you took infinite yeah. powers. I did. I that, did indeed. <laughs> that's a very good starting mm -hmm. doom sign. When did she first learn about her doom? How long has this kind of been going on? I would say about two weeks. <laughs> it's real new. It was very new, but about two weeks. Yeah. All right. Yeah. When she noticed that it, it was pretty obvious upon reading this book that something went terribly wrong. You know how you just sort of do a thing and you're like, oh, that was bad, actually. Oh, no. It was that. The anxiety kicking in. Exactly. <gasps> I did a terrible thing. Oh, shit. Like that kind of thing. Yes. So she had that moment immediately. Things just casually over the course of the next week, like, again, knocking things over, moving things that she's not intending on moving without touching them. All of that classic, like, God, I think I'm telekinetic and it's making me feel like I'm going crazy a little bit. All of that. Normally that happens for a few days before people get it. She does spend a good chunk of her time in the library. So this doesn't happen to her very much. If somebody is being weird and in the library and like talking a lot, things will just start to sort of happen near them. Like, for example, all of their books will then be shoved onto the ground, making a louder noise and startling her further. Maybe perhaps spilling their coffee on top of notes that they were taking. That's how her last two weeks have been going. She's not feeling super great about it, but she has started to connect the dots and realize, oh, I think I'm telekinetic now. Oh boy. Don't know what to do about that, but I guess I'm telekinetic now. Great. That's my favorite anime title. Oh boy. Where did she first get her sanctuary? The doomed gets a sanctuary, a place where you can rest, recover, and reflect upon your powers. So what is her sanctuary and how did she come about it? So the sanctuary is the room where the book was, which it is now. It hasn't revealed itself that no one else can access this room. Like that hasn't been made clear yet. I, being omniscient. I'm telling all y'all, nobody else could enter this room that had this weird book in it. All these candles on the wall that are like hovering magically. Those magic hovering candles is a vibe and I love it. So that is located in the library, which does pose a couple sort of possible issues. But that's where it is because that is basically her second home at this point. And that's, that's where she goes for all of her, all the potential healing needs. It's also just a good quiet place. Like when the rest of the world does start to get to be too much, there might be a way to access this location 
at some point that isn't just this, but I think she has to interact with her powers a little more before she figures that out. While we're on the subject, let's jump on over to your sanctuary section of your playbook. You get three features of your sanctuary and two downsides. Uh, Have you picked those out yet? Okay. I think I will make this space a little bit more useful. This location has a meditation space. It has a, oh boy, it's actually quite fun and I appreciate this greatly. It has an aid or an assistant, which is a diary that is located in the corner of the room that has a lock on it. And we haven't quite figured out what to do with that yet, but it's there. We'll be able to figure out how to use that in a moment, but that is that. Oh, okay. A library of valuable tomes. Let's go for it. It's in a library. I like books and things being in a library, making it a more functional location. So it's got a aid slash assistant, but that assistant is a book, a library of valuable tomes, and a meditation space. Difficult to access is the downside. There is one of them. I think, boy, I don't know how to quite navigate this one. I think... I would say draws dangerous attention or so difficult to access and draws dangerous attention and how that sort of exists is simply, right. I need to get to this space, meaning I need to walk into this library. And if I keep walking into this library while injured or something of that nature. Yeah. Or if you were trying to go like outside of library hours or Anything mm-hmm. like that could potentially be problematic. All right. So let's jump back up to the first page for a minute. Because mm-hmm. as the doomed, you get a nemesis, an epic and powerful enemy representing and embodying your doom. It's going to take everything you have to take them down in the time you have left. So who is the raven's nemesis who's their sort of arch enemy okay the the thing that i am thinking of right now is it would be wildly funny if it was just a very large bird like a, a devious large bird but i don't know what that means <laughs> like i don't know how a bird can be extremely devious that is functionally what I'm thinking. Is maybe not like actually a bird then. But if it's like a mythical or mutant bird, it can be something like that. Yeah. There's a mythical maybe not necessarily a mythical bird, but like a bird, an evil bird deity. Angry bird man. An angry oh, bird? Wait a minute. So far we've had a flappy bird and an angry bird. Okay. I think fuck, what who was that to he wasn't a bird. He was a feathered serpent. Ooh, which feels good to me, actually. You mean like Quetzalcoatl? That's who I'm thinking of. But I will not be able to say that name a whole hell of a lot. So I will say it released a being who we will call, we will call the snake. Just the snake. Not the serpent, though. No. the snake and yeah the snake that is who this is that is who this is going to be and the snake has pretty much just a desire to 
to take the world back over. At one point, one point, you know, sort of animal hybrid people were just around and there and present. Then humans. <laughs> then humans. Period. End of sentence. This is a snake that wants revenge. It's a revenge snake. A revenge snake and a power-hungry snake at that. That is what we've got. Wants to, wants to bring about the age of scales. The oh. age of dinosaurs can return. <laughs> oh, no. Wants to bring back the dinosaurs. I you get don't... your gov government assigned persona right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Okay, Love why that. does the raven oppose the snake other than not wanting to be a furry? Naturally, the snake wants to kill all humans. And, and like when last I checked, everybody I know was human. I don't want all my people to die. I don't know about all y'all, but I like y'all and I don't want all y'all to die. So it's pretty straightforward, just preservation of the human race kind of thing. But also, I think an interesting way to look at it might be, I don't know if the raven necessarily super opposes it. Raven doesn't necessarily. Jackie absolutely does. The raven is also an, a large animal thingy. Maybe the... Oh, you know what? Snakes and birds just simply dislike each other for various reasons. Some birds can be eaten by snakes. Some, some can be eaten by birds. Arguably snakes a lot more of those. Birds eat snakes, eat eggs. It's a vicious cycle and they definitely hate each other. Exactly. So this is just an ancient feud that's just going to keep on going. But also there is that element of, yes, this one is also trying to take back the world or whatever. And that's like not a thing that's like allowed. So I don't know. We're not going to stand for it. So the snake is a sort of like eldritch older deity. Is yeah. the raven also like a deity inside of Jackie? Or is it just more of an alter ego? Else that sort of play out in your mind? I would say it is a source of power accessible and having chosen a champion as it were. Okay, like, so does the raven communicate with Jackie or not so much? Yes, via that book. The diary or the main book? The 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 diary. Okay. So it's a little bit the assistant there. And the last question I've got for you right now from your backstory is who outside of the team is crucial to defeating the snake? I could be real messed up and I could say the dad. <laughs> the family drama, the dad. <laughs> the crow. We must have assistance from the crow. I must have a fly. Sometimes the most obvious answer is the best answer. First thought, yeah. best thought. I yeah, already exactly. love how dad-centric this uh, campaign is shaping up to be. <laughs> so, your powers may be killing you, or maybe you're hunted ruthlessly, or maybe you embody an apocalypse, but one way or another, your future is grim. You have two things that you choose that bring your doom closer, 
and help to get the snake to their full power so they can take over the world. What are you choosing from there? The annoying thing is that I've already marked these on the character sheet. And I want to keep one of them. I want to keep the injuring innocence because I think that does check out. Because that's a thing that the snake would do. That's not a thing that the raven would do in this case. The other one I had selected was fright was frightening loved ones, but I don't know that I can make that one work. I think overexerting yourself. I think. No. Actually, talking about it openly, because the more I talk about it openly, the more the easier it would be snake to find me at an inopportune moment. Love it. There it is. There's the there are the choices. All right. And so I think that brings us to a close on Janky. Rom or Jordan, who yeah, would like I to go next? I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready. I'm thinking of a place that is like Themyscira, but also Atlantis. All right. So to take both of those stories and combine it, they are the children of the gods. They are the, the chosen people, right? He, grew, he is the son of Hermes or whatever version of the messenger god there would be in this world. He was growing up there, but he knew there was a world outside. And he just, and because he's the, the son of the messenger to the gods, he just felt like he was being so limited and not being able to communicate, learn new ideas and share ideas with others. And so despite... All these rules being in place that you can't leave and a very strict warning that if you do leave, you can't come back. He left mm. anyway. And when you do leave, what he didn't understand is, is what that meant is that when you leave, you forget everything. The second you leave, so it's like Atlantis in, in that they're just under the water and then there's like fog and everything that helps cover them, but they're just under the surface. So they're not like fish people. They're, they're just like everyone else. But when you leave there, your memory is white. So he has absolutely no idea where he's from, who he is, what his legacy is, or anything. The abilities that I picked for him were uh, magic weapon. He's going to have the lasso. The idea is that it's woven into their hair when they are very young and that it grows with them. And so the last thing that would have happened was that on his 18th birthday, it's cut. And it finally is this lasso that has then grown with him and is a part of him. I want it to work like how Wonder Woman's work and that it's really strong and he does cool things with it. But when he has someone in it, instead of like it forcing them to tell him the truth, they know when he's telling the truth. Anyone that he's got wrapped in it, when he speaks the truth, they know it's the truth and it breaks through anything. So if someone's being mind controlled or something, he can zap them with it and they'll listen. You're being lied to and they, and it would be able to break through or maybe have a chance to break through whatever that is. Otherwise he's just strong and fast and dumb. And then the only other kind of thing I thought that would be neat is because he's a, because he's the son of the messenger to the gods, like he can grab any communication device. And like he could just pick up a payphone and make a phone call to anyone. He just has to know who they are. And the nearest thing that would ring would then ring and it would be him on the other line. He could pick up his cell phone and like text fuck you to Lex Luthor and it would print out on a fax on his desk. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. I so, love, love it. That. Right. 
Yeah. Oh my so God, I love that's, that. That's where I'm going with him. And is the, the only thing he knows that his name is Orion. And literally that's it. All right. I don't think we've said officially yet. What playbook is Orion using? I'm thinking legacy. That seems to make the most sense. Okay. Yeah. I think I took mm -hmm. this on you were changing stuff down. <laughs> oh, shoot. I'm so sorry. No, if you took legacy, I'll just take something else. Basically, I just want him to be strong and fast and have a magic lasso. <laughs> So yeah. I think we had talked about the outsider. Let me look cool. over the moves and see. My only concern with Orion being a legacy is that you generally, like you have people from in the past of your legacy that would right. be like around and influencing you. Right, I but see what you're if saying. they're from... But that kind a of different place. Right. It also goes it also goes against the idea that he has no idea who he is. I see what you're saying. That makes sense. I think the outsider might make more sense then. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm not sure. If, if you want to like have this like fish out of water trying to understand himself, I think the newborn's also a thing. Mm. Yeah. Oh shit, I forgot. Oh, the newborn would be good. Okay. It does make a lot of sense. Yeah, the newborn. You've got a move not from around here when you act clueless, goofy, or confused to get out of a situation. Sure. Yeah, is, I think that is himbo potential. Yeah, yeah the newborn definitely oh. is striking me based off what you've said so far. Okay, cool. Hell yeah. Awesome. Do you I have access to that playbook? If not, I, I do. I'm looking at it right you. now. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. Not from around here, definitely. No doubt. 100%. Yeah, thermodynamic miracle also really works well with your uh, whip, uh, whip concept. That does make sense, doesn't it? Okay. Yeah, and damage okay. is super cool to be a good ally. This is yeah, totally. Okay, yeah, you know, I'm going to take not from around here and thermodynamic miracle to begin with, and I'll make those work. That's what I want to do. Nice, yeah. nice. All right. So we haven't gone over his look yet. What's Orion's look? So imagine like a five foot six. Greek dude with just a mop of curly black hair and these deep brown eyes and he's always smiling and he's got just like a fucking dump truck ass and just these giant thick thighs like he's built like a wrestler. I imagine that often. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. Shouldn't have made and me laugh just, that hard. He's just playful and fun and very physical and bouncy and like he he can be like he's. Very endearing, but also just exhausting. He's like a golden retriever puppy, right? Like, you'll, boy, it's fun to, it's fun to look at him. But after two minutes, you're like, dude, just fucking sit on the couch and just relax. All right. So the backstory, we're going to have to reword a couple of the questions, sure. but we can definitely make it work. Okay. So the first one is who created you and why? God, Hermes mother, is, my literal yeah. godfather. Yeah. Yeah. Your godfather. So without getting too much into the the nitty gritty, was this like what humans consider a birth? Was this more like a Greek mythological, like you were birthed from his head type thing? How did that work? I think that I, he doesn't know, first of all, because he, he didn't know anything. But I would think that it would be kind of like a mythical kind of like his, his mom was like, reading the stars and got and kept searching the stars and finally one night got a message from the stars and then being found herself with him 
and that's how. So it's like mysterious and distant. Like he's never met his dad. Even if he could remember, he's never met his dad. He's never had any interaction whatsoever with his absentee father. All right. So how is he different from humans? He's a demigod, so that's yeah. probably a thing. Right. Actually, is he demigod or is he full on just a god? I would say that so like the race of people that live in this first world, like they were the first things the gods made. And then later they made a less perfect version of mortals. Like they realized that it's that if you make everyone perfect, it doesn't work. You have to have, they have to have flaws. They have to have things to overcome. So he's from this, he's like half from this race of perfect mortals and then half God. Okay, so demigod plus. Right. Yes, he's demigod plus. Yeah. That's three quarters of the way to godhood. Yeah. Like everyone from that island is an impressive physical specimen, but he's just got more things. Like he can fax you, fuck you from his phone. So who outside of the team is his caretaker? Who's his sort of stand-in parent? So like he ended up just like in the city and didn't know anyone and is just clueless as hell and like just and super gay. So he just like naturally gravitated towards pretty shiny people, just like from where he was from. And the pretty shiny people were queer as well and just took him in, saw that he was a lost puppy and and took him in. So he lives in like this not, not, not like a halfway house, but someone pays the rent, but no one really knows who. And it's basically a, it's like a nice flop house where there's always a rotating <laughs> cast of young queer people who need help. And then there's this older queen who runs the whole thing. You just yes. gave me a queen of a caretaker and a queer commune. Right. This, I'm nominating ourselves for best podcast. <laughs> oh my God. I love that so much. Why am yeah. I emotional? What the totally. <laughs> Like, he's just, like, there's just something about his path where, like, he could have ended up in a bad place, but he ended up with people who just looked out for him. And also, again, he's dumb, right? So, like, pretty quickly, they figured out that he's not just normal. Like, he tried to hide it, but he didn't last more than a couple hours. But they're used to like protecting people and keeping their secrets. So this is just one more secret that they keep to protect one of their own. All right. So what about humanity fascinates Orion the most? Orion is a very simple young man. And one of the things that, that is simple about him is that he just really likes people. He just likes, he finds everyone fascinating and every single person has some unique story to tell and he can learn all of them, but he just has to talk to them. and he doesn't understand why they don't talk to each other as much, why they don't communicate. They have all this ability and technology and tools, but they don't talk to each other. And so that's the thing that fascinates him most about people and the thing that he thinks like he's destined to change. I, oh. I am going to break my own heart hurting him. <laughs> so we've gone over what moves you took. <laughs> the last thing for right now is it's called a blank slate. 
the newborn sure. gets lessons that are basically people telling them like what they should be and how they should act and what superheroes do. You start with two of those that have been given to you by people you've met so far. Right. Do you have anything jumping out to you? If not, we can come back to that. I think a superhero should always, he could be so simple with him. Superhero should always do what's right. And then always protect others. That's just it. Those are the two things he always goes by. Do what's right. Protect others. Always. I love him. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. You know, that right up until the team has to face a gray situation and he's just, no, we're doing the right thing. You're like, oh, fuck. This is going to be so hard now. <laughs> I, I love that. I'm facing Infinity City off of like Gotham, essentially. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure there won't be any gray situations whatsoever. Never. That is Orion, unless anybody else has anything to ask. And that will bring us to Jordan with our last character to round out this team. All right. I'll be playing Nico Tran, who goes by uh, she, her pronouns, and she is a legacy. Best way to describe her is... Let's see, once upon a time, there was a really terrifying big dragon kaiju terrorizing a lot of the city named the Obliterex. That's her mom, so she's hanging around here right now after the Obliterex has retired and reformed a little bit. Uh, I love that. And now she, with her mom and her dad who's around, who's just like a guy who works at a diner, and that's how they actually met, she watches over her two younger siblings while she's 17. The younger brother is 16 and the younger sister is 12. So now we have these little three kaiju children running around with a little dragon tween going around as well. So with her parents kind of being busy, they're not the richest as retired. So she spends a lot of time babysitting these kids and trying to be a better hero because her mother was the most destructive force around the city once upon a time and now is just like a retired kind of petty, but also still friendly enough ally. She takes that as just the theme of, oh yeah, anybody can be a hero. Even the bad guy can be a hero. And I'm going to take that to heart. So she's got a perpetual scowl. She's Vietnamese. So she's got like some dark black hair and some bronze tan skin. It's all like side swept and shaved into a triangle undercut with a little shaved dragon circle around the back. And Irk. she is covered in like leather and studs, whether it's, it's going to be studded leather boots. If it's sunny out, then it's going to be studded sandals. If she has a studded <laughs> ring, she's got a studded belt, leather jacket. And the main thing that deviates from this is usually a very bright pastel, happy t-shirt with like just a single word or a phrase on it. I was hoping there would be a Hello Kitty accessory in there somewhere. One, it's always going to be like the shirt between all the black studded items. And yeah, that is her main thing right now. She's just trying to get by as the babysitter and see if she can be the next best ob Obliterex. But right now she doesn't think she's earned the Obliterex title. She just, so she just calls herself the Hatchling. Aww. That's amazing. You get a power suite as the legacy. 
and two of the powers are ones you don't have access to yet. What suite did you take for Hatchling? Yeah, so yeah, so it's a modified version of the first one. So instead of super strength, it's going to be the ability to change her size, grow up to a larger size. Not quite the size of a building yet, but maybe a house at most. Instead of eye beams, it's going to be her atomic breath. And then for invincibility, it's going to be her dragon scales. All so, right. Real endurance, heat proof, nuclear energy proof, pretty hard to penetrate. So the ones she doesn't have for now are flight and super senses. Mm-hmm. Flight, she wants to get someday. Her mom would be a terrifying flying dinosaur, so she dreams of it. So we can go through the backstory here. When did she officially become part of her legacy? When she was born, she felt like she was just immediately into it. And then as a toddler, she felt like she was super into it. As a child, super into it. And now as an older teen, she even more feels, yeah, it's my entire life. It's about this. For the bigger legacy, it's mainly just her mom. If you're looking at something that she considers quote-unquote awesome, it'd be taking a big atomic breath shot to wipe out or decimate part of the city, take out 10% of it. The other hand would be saying when there is like some kind of large annihilator coming in and she was able to reform and take the finishing shot on this large annihilator robot. Which leads very well into the next question. How does the public perceive your legacy? No matter how many good things you do, you can't undo the bad things you've done. And the fact that Nico looks up to her mom so much is very much against the public opinion that still recognizes her as, oh yeah, she did a real good kill shot against a couple big bads, but she was the big bad for such a larger majority of the time. So this is a villain that spent a lot of time being a villain and it's seen as like monstrous. And how does your legacy tie into your reasons for being a hero? Because she was a child when her mom reformed, she's always known her mom as being a hero before she retired. So she just recognizes, oh yeah, kaiju's mean hero. Why am I emotional? I can't. I'm going to keep getting emotional in this same problem. <laughs> this entire story oh. all four of us was about the fear of becoming our parents. God yeah. <laughs> no. Oh yeah. For the moves that I ended up taking, I took fight the good fight, which is when you pull your punches while directly engaging a threat, you can roll savior instead of danger. If I do that, I cannot choose to impress, surprise, or frighten my enemy. Ooh. And the other one I took is never give up, never surrender. When you take a powerful blow from someone with far greater power than you. You can use this move instead of the basic move and roll savior. On a hit, you stand strong and choose one, um, which would be to get an opportunity or opening against the attacker, rally from the hit, and add team to the pool, or keep the attacker's attention. On a miss, I go down but leave the opponent off balance and vulnerable. And then the last part of the legacy playbook is, it's just called legacy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your legacy is an important part of Infinity City, name the different members of your legacy at least two. So who have you got to fill in some of those blanks? 
Yeah. So for somebody who is still active and prominent in the city, the person who turned Obliterex into Obliterex, she used to just be an everyday woman. His name is Professor Paragon, whose goal is to take splicing and mutations. So like he wants to make big old dinosaur people or wants to make big cat girls or whatever it's going to be. He wants to evolve humanity however he can and use genetics. And he's still a villain. <laughs> like, yeah. So Obliterex is reformed overall before retiring. But Professor Paragon, still out there, still a really powerful big bad. He might be friends with a snake. We don't know. So that that is Professor Paragon and he's still out there. Nice. Definitely won't run into him at any point, I'm sure. Retired and quite judgmental, that'd be my character's mom. She is ashamed of like a lot of the legacy left behind, but she's busy and tired these days. After taking enough damage, she spends about like 20 hours a day sleeping and just recovering. Mm -hmm. So most of the time it's just the dad in the diner taking care of a lot of the family, or it's going to be Nico babysitting. So not a lot enough time to visit her. It's mainly just once a day to make sure she gets food in. And then next possible member of Legacy would be Tommy Jr. Compared to the father who's named Thomas. Tommy Jr. is also a kaiju who's only 10 months younger than Nico. So yeah, so like for two months of the year, they're actually like the same age. So they're real close. They're like real close semi-twins. So when you say... He's kaiju. Is he like full on kaiju size? He is. I'm going to say that though Nico is only like five, seven, she can turn bigger. Meanwhile, he is, despite being 16, he's like a good six foot four. Mm. He is like in the a resting stage. He's already like more kaiju expressive than she is. And she knows that every year he's still growing. I have an unrelated question. Much yeah. deeply related. But not like... It, I say unrelated in that it's not on a character sheet, but I am simply curious and I do mm -hmm. not want to ask it during the middle of the actual game. Go um, for it. Are they hatched? <laughs> her mother would never tell her when she asking, like, where do babies come from? She was like, yeah, you're a bot on, like... A delivery site online so she refuses to tell if that she was actually hatched or not i'm so upset that i don't have this information <laughs> is your mother like constantly a giant dragon she's also a bit of a shifter so she like normally is pretty draconic as is but they can turn super draconic now she's like this bony cyborg dragon but she's like pretty old and exhausted because she like blew off a lot of her energy and like hyper mutated it and is now pretty dec decrepit yeah so usually whenever asked about it, she's nico is 17 now but her mom will still tell her i'll tell you when you're older so does nico like in her normal state have some sort of like dragon features but it's like mainly human and then when she like manifests her power she gets she, more dragony she looks mostly human she's got like those lizard eyes growing a bright orange she has Usually you'd expect like big old dragon or devilly horns, but she only has a left horn right now. The right horn is actually a bit of a, a little nub. Ah. And she's got uh, pointy teeth. Oh. oh, and when she gets a cut or a scab or scarring over, it's usually in the appearance of scales. Um, is she single? Very. <laughs> <laughs> she's I, very single. 
<laughs> Not on wow. purpose. Now we can go through when the team first came together. So the way I describe this is it's your free comic book day issue of whatever your team name may be. It's when you all first teamed up. So there is a wonderful post I found on Reddit that will be uh, linked in the description or the show notes that has like a revised order for this. Check that out if you're running this game. I highly recommend it. So what this is, when I get to your playbook, you've got a question on your sheet, and you will read that out to the group. You all will discuss it and throw in your ideas or whatever. Everybody is free to discuss, but the person whose question it is gets the final say. First up on the list, we've got our newborn, so that would be Orion. Okay. I look. When your team first came together, they found you and you saw the outside world for the first time and helped fight. Where and how did they find you? Which one of them gave you your first nickname? Oh, that's good. That's good. Okay, I would Ooh. say that you guys i would say so i'm the most recent addition to the team i think that makes the most sense you guys had just come together recently and you were doing something where you had to fight someone and the fight just spilled into my neighborhood and i saw a fight and people fighting and so i joined it yeah i don't know who would give me my what do you guys think about who would give me my nickname i have a an idea for a nickname mm -hmm. please tell and it's silly, but I like it. Golden Boy. But my reason for it is because the, the first bit of the name reminds me of gold in Spanish. Oh, huh. yeah. He mm -hmm. would like that. He would like that very much. And his lasso does shine bright gold when he loses it, uses it. So that does make a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 So I cute. like it. It reminds me of Golden Retriever as well. Yeah. yeah, and there is like, there's oh my a God, lot of Hermes. You're literally a golden retriever. <laughs> and there'd be like a lot of gold in the designs from where he was from. So it would like spark, like not a memory, but like that, but the, like the deja vu of where one should be. So he likes it. Oh, yeah. like vibe. Oh, very good. Yeah. Oh, he was just super excited to find friends who were like, all right. Next up is our doomed. So that would be the Raven. All right. So when our team first came together, we paid a high cost for victory. What was it? Okay. This is one that I find. that I think it's a good one that makes sense as like a, a high cost for me. Which is that. Part of it was caught online, which means there's a high likelihood that my dad saw me using a power of some kind, which will mean I have some explaining to do. If he sees this video slash when he eventually sees this video, how does that feel? I do want to try to expand mm -hmm. that a little bit. I like it as a concept, but I want it to be... Like more applicable to the rest of the, the group. rest of it, room. Okay. So expanding on that a little bit, I would say then, you know, my out 
the the outfit that I am planning on for the sort of final, like the final look, as it were, have a mask on it, necessarily. So us being on camera makes us easier to find. So let's, let's see. Mm -hmm. Your costume would essentially be like not anonymity, but like the ability to lay low. Yeah. How does everyone else feel about that? If it feels like a cost to your character or the thing that your character is conscious of, then sure. My other thought there is too that does in a place like like a Gotham, as it were, that kind of display of heroism will also put a target on your back. There's a lot of repercussions of somebody seeing you doing something heroic. Thing number one, just bad times because people have seen you and will now be more likely to recognize you, which is especially bad if they want to beat you up for some reason. It'll be easier to find overall, and people are going to probably want to find you for some reason. Some villainous intent. That works for me if it works for everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. So it's vulnerable to, like, other prowling bads. Yeah. Okay. Do you think all of us got negative attention with this video or just Raven? I would think it would be, as it was a team thing, it was everybody caught on video, caught on... I don't know why I wanted to be someone's IG live. <laughs> it was totally my TikTok live because I was doing one. And I, oh that's when you God. guys even knew that I was there because I just blew up and was doing superhero shit on fucking TikTok. You're like, wait a minute. That's a, whatever algorithm you had programmed, like just zeroed in on me. And like you guys just didn't count on me then live streaming our first meeting. I'm kind of like picturing now that it's all good when you just film the fight, but then you were still filming when we were like taking our masks off and talking. And then we were like, are you still recording? Yeah. And then I just like, and then I'm just like, oh yeah, absolutely. And then I just do the whoa, like no <laughs> comprehension whatsoever. Okay. So next up is our legacy. All right. So when our team first came together, all things considered, we did pretty well and impressed an established hero. Who was it? Do people have ideas for established heroes? I will say I would prefer it not to be wireframe, just because that's a little too easy. There's an invisible hero, right? There's this well-known classic invisible he hero. So you were doing something really impressive for a few hours, then they just appear next to you because they've been standing there for the whole time. Oh, that's great. Jesus Christ, this scares the shit out of you. But you've impressed, like, the Invisible Man. I dig it. So, like, the Invisible Man here is, like, a pretty big hero. And they show up, and they can literally show up at any time. You can never reach out to them or call them. They vanish as soon as they sh show up. Like, no one knows anything about this person. But And um, so, literally, it's a story driver where we can just have this character show up at any time, at any <laughs> place, and then simply vanish again. This character is also extremely big on TikTok. Yes. The irony. There is an irony there that I find. They can show funny. up anywhere. They're never <laughs> in any of the videos. Everyone's yeah. like, it's always just, you can't ever see them. Like, oh, this is definitely them. <laughs> oh, I love that. 
my favorite. Oh my yeah, God. like, oh, I took a selfie with him. It's just a selfie. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You're Art. just <laughs> posing with your arm extended and nothing there. <laughs> so he is like a big city hero overall, like a big name. Yeah, totally. Wonderful. Is he just called the Invisible Man or is he like Vanisher or something like that? Or like, does he have a name? I like Vanisher. All right, tight. Yeah. Vanisher's a good name. Yeah. Yes. Okay, I think we got it. And then last but not least, we've got our protege. Yeah. So my question is, we stuck together after all was said and done. Why? How do we keep in contact? I think considering everything else that happened, we had to. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we are all in this together now. Also, I think Techno Jack was telling Wireframe about all this and he got concerned. Yeah, it seems like none of you will stay alive if you don't work together. <laughs> kind of like you guys are all hot messes. <laughs> that and I imagine Wireframe's just, you were put, you were put out there as a team. You have to stay together as a team just. For, I don't want to say PR purposes, but like public perception. Yeah. It's and been established by this point. We keep in contact like partially through just Orion <laughs> and like totally maybe partially by Techno Jacks. I can literally skill. just like, I am a walking chat list. Like I just, I have a group, I have a group chat at all times. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, also you're like teenagers in a modern slash slightly futuristic society. We I'm phones. assuming you've all got cell phones. Yeah. All right. So that is your all's issue zero, essentially. Did we want to say who you all fought or do we want to leave that open-ended for right now? Because we didn't actually determine who you all came together to defeat. I have a unhinged recommendation. Shoot. Are you sure? Because when I say this is unhinged, I, I mean it. I, I, I mean, I'm... we can always say no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we fought a giant crayon. Wax band. It was coloring <laughs> literally on the walls. Captain Burt Sienna. And melting on people on occasion. Having a villain that like draws with a giant crayon to draw things to attack us could be fun. Ooh. And that's why we needed a team because as long as this person can. We're basically fighting yeah. the artist pencil from the Looney Tunes. Yeah. Cause it, yeah. hundred percent. Well, except this person can't erase because it's crayon. Right. But like. Oh. We can't, solo this, uh, we can't solo this person again. because this enemy can draw more allies, and that's why we need to work as a team so we're not heavily outnumbered. Yeah. Oh, my God. And we can make a path that way if somebody can hold the doors open to make a blow towards this enemy. After like, there we are win, way too many crayon drawings. After we beat him, Orion just, can you draw a unicorn? <laughs> Yay! It's so we have this, like, like this poorly drawn crayon unicorn that just lives in the base. <laughs> it is incredibly fat and misshapen and has stick legs. Yes, and and Orion loves them name is so Sparkle much. Butt. Yes, I love that. Yes, I love Sparkle Butt with all my heart. Oh Nico, my God. Nico loves Sparkle Butt so much, and though she has a resting bitch face, she refuses to tell anybody that she's secretly a horse girl. 
<laughs> All right. I think one more thing I want to add to that villain is they Scripler. like their name. Oh, I do the Scribbler. I was going to say that their name Scribbler. is just like a symbol, but I like the Scribbler butter. <laughs> do like the Scribbler. And when we laugh at the creations they make, uh, they're just like, guys, I'm still practicing. <laughs> Drawing horses is hard. I can't draw feet. <laughs> oh my God. They have bullshit anatomy in their legs. <laughs> horses are bullshit. Okay. So one of the last things we'll do for today under when our team first came together, you all have relationships. Everybody's got two questions there that sort of help to flesh out, like, how you all feel about each other. This essentially stops the D&D problem of you all meet in a tavern, and now you're forced to go adventuring together. The way that I do this is I will go down the list on Discord. So starting with Jordan going to a rum and then back up in the opposite way. So Jordan will go first with one of their relationship questions. And then Aram will go last and do both of theirs before we go back the other way. If okay. that sounds fair to everyone. Yeah. 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 And if somebody proposes a relationship for your character that doesn't work for you, Feel free to say so, and we can have a discussion on that. So, Nico, does any of your relationship suggestions jump out to you? Yeah, uh, you once got caught doing something that shames your legacy with blank. So let's see, who wants to go witness something shameful? Uh, I'm always no. up for it. <laughs> All right. I, I like the idea that even though Nico tries her just darndest to be like a better person i think the shameful thing would be like not just losing a fight but if there was like an accidentally destructive tantrum from losing the fight oh oh she's just really not the best at being a hero she would be a fine villain but she's trying her best to be a good hero she wants to be a good girl but oh, she was cool. caught losing a fight and then blowing up some nearby stuff and if there was a pedestrian who, like, got it on video, she might have blown up their phone. Nice. And I think that would be very shameful based off of family history. And I was just watching. Yep. All right. And very cautious and ashamed around your character now. Because whoops. Oops. <laughs> what about Jackie? Do either of your relationship questions come out to you? All right, you told Blank all about your doom and the danger you're in. Okay, so I think I bold this to Nico for a few reasons. <laughs> Mainly, they have the perfect aesthetic, and I just feel like, like these two characters probably knew each other for a little bit, not super well. Not like super mm -hmm. great, but had encountered each other before. And every time it had been just, my God, he's so cool. Like that's, <laughs> that, that was Jackie every time was, she is so cool. He's so cool. So 
I'm going to like after all this and presumably this was after our like first our first villain takedown. There there was just a moment where Oh, you know what? I think tied into sort of the realizing of oh no, this was all filmed. Oh no. <laughs> just sort of broke down about that broke down about that specifically to Nico. It only explained the like the bit of yes, this is also bad legit because that does also mean that the the weird snake dude's probably gonna find me, but also like my dad could find out about it. So that it was a whole thing. And it was very like stream of consciousness like panic attack type moment in nico's head when told that there was like just in the back of the head there's if anybody streams it i guess i can blow up their phone oh, i God. also don't like how both me and my mom mildly resemble the snake i don't like that <laughs> 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 but i appreciate this trust <laughs> oh boy all right that will bring us to casey yeah, I have one of my questions is your mentor is cautious. They asked you to keep an eye on blank and all of the other characters seem like uh, good candidates for this. But I think I would also like to go with Nico because, well, her legacy is pretty wireframe would be scared of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. That, w- that would also, like, tie in why I saw you, like, lose a fight and mm-hmm. be... It, it just gave more fuel to the fire by that point. I would... Casey would go, hey, you know that girl you wanted me to watch? Guess what she did? Love it. And then Orion. Okay, so I'm looking here. And the first one is Blank shows you around and tells you how things work. And... I'm sorry, what is the what is the tech guy's name? Casey. So mm-hmm. I would think that Jackie would be the one to show me around and tells me how things work. And that the behavior of Casey is the one that confuses me over and over. Naturally drawn to them, but always flummoxed by them. Yeah. Casey feels like they confuse a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> All right. Wrapping back around, Casey, what's your other one? My other one is you and Blank teamed up a few times before the rest of you came together. And if we established that we like met Orion like the first time in our big fight, I think it has to be Jackie. If All that right. makes sense. I think so. I can, I think I can justify that. That makes sense. What did we team up on is my question. Yeah. And... I'm thinking you, you have only had your powers like for two weeks. Yeah. At this point. So I only had my powers for two weeks, but I do spend a lot of time in libraries. True. Maybe we teamed up on something not really related to super things. <laughs> Maybe teamed we up on a class study Yes. There's this whole big, huge superhero montage of you guys building a diorama. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. I love that actually a lot. Oh my God. We made like like the best model of a solar system ever. (laughs) 
just the two nerds of the team. Mm-hmm. All right. That brings us back to Jackie. What's your other one? So my other one, we may need to alter this one because it's, you'd love to kiss blank before your doom comes. And I don't know how to answer this one, just in general. Yeah, this one could be changed out for a different one if you wanted. I kind of want that, yeah. (laughs) You might want to look at the ones in the Nova playbook. A lot of Doomed and Nova stuff can be swapped out. All right, we'll go with this one. You hang out all the time with blank to blow off steam. And I feel like... But Ryan is the one that, that uh, hang off with to blow off steam. I 100% the most fun. Absolutely. <laughs> or like brain shut off reasons. 100%. I will always come up with something really yes. dumb, but super fun. That and I feel like the big queer commune that he lives in is the best place to just blow off steam. 100%. You just come <laughs> to hang out with my housemates. Not even me, really. And then we get back to the top of the order with Nico. What you got for your last one? You once hurt blank when you lost control of your powers. That's sad. Let's see. Who wants to get hurt? (laughs) I'm... What? what? (laughs) Who wants to get accidentally hurt? Always. But unfortunately, I'm new to the team, so it doesn't make much sense that it's Orion. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can volunteer myself. All right. I am. Egan. I'm so sorry. You got That's atomic blasted. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goddamn glasses. <laughs> Is it possible that you have a small burner scar somewhere? <laughs> okay. Yes, but... I feel, I feel like in an effort to like be cool about it, but basically what happened was it was a blast of a type. So burn on the arm. Oh wait, I was but reading it. the Nova one. Oh, it still works. <laughs> I was like reading the Nova one, but I was like, oh, it still works. <laughs> yeah. That one seems like a good one. I was looking at that one. almost did that one. I was like, oh. Oh, I'd, uh, we'll go with, we'll go with no thoughts, head empty time. And I think that instead of leaving the burn as is, sounds like a bad idea, but I'm going to propose it anyway. We went to a tattoo parlor and lied about, lied about our ages so that we could get this oh. turned into something nice. I like that. Yeah. I like that. That feels fun. It was a bad thing. It was a bad moment, but it it, it did it did a nice. It I like that a, nice a lot. That's, that's cute. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like it's not like a recommended thing to tattoo over a burn, but I don't care. So the very last thing for tonight or for this session is influence. So for those of you that haven't played this game before or have little experience with it, influence doesn't necessarily mean you like somebody. It just means that you think that they have an idea of 
how the world works and how people should partake in it. Basically, you care about their opinion for one reason or another. Influence is an on or off resource, basically. You can spend it to inflict conditions on people. You can use it to shift their labels and all kinds of fun mechanical stuff that will be edited out of the podcast. But you each on the bottom left corner of your sheet have a description of your influence and may or may not have choices to make depending on what it says there. So let's start once again with Jordan, because I'm looking at yours right now. It's and it's easy. very easy. Yep. Yeah, Nico's part of the team for better or worse and cares way too much about what they think. Everybody takes influence over Nico. Oh. Nice. We've got Nico. Let's go on to Jackie. All right. So. <sighs> these people matter for what you need to do. Of influence to two of your teammates. I'm gonna say it's Nico and probably Orion simply due to I'm imagining power like level of power wise. Yeah. And also just some form of maybe intriguing connection somehow, possibly maybe to the snake. Or Nico. That makes, that sense. makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I could see Plus that. Nico knows about your doom. Yeah. He spilled those beans. Yeah. Oh, boy. Poofy doofy. All right. What about Casey? Yeah. Uh, I can uh, choose a demeanor, playful or business. If I choose playful, I give influence to two teammates or business give influence to no teammates. But I think Casey is way more playful. <laughs> so I'm going to give influence to two teammates. I think it's going to be Nico and Jackie just because, like, Casey doesn't really know Orion yet all that well. And Orion seems to, like, think Casey is a bit weird. <laughs> I wish I could give Sparkle Butt influence. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it says everyone. No, Nico cares about what Sparkle Butt thinks. Sparkle Butt has influence. Okay, yes. so you can at any point just decide to give influence to people. That's just a thing you can do. So yeah. if Sparklebutt oh has influence over you, then so be it. Mm -hmm. Sparklebutt's opinion matters way too much. Yes. Mm. Says I wonder dark edgy masks game ends up with a fat unicorn named Sparklebutt. <laughs> we have I to mean... have a comic relief so it hurts more. When there are dark times. Right. When Sparkle But Dies, man, it's going to be a tough episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, Just bleeding okay. glitter. <laughs> so last yes. but not least is Ryan. Yeah. Every, Ryan finds everyone fascinating and all of his new friends, because as far as he's concerned, really it's the first, like everyone at his halfway house, like at his gay halfway house, is 20 years older than him. They're all basically his aunts and uncles, and they're all incredibly sweet. But this is his first, as far I get, as he can remember, his very first group of friends. So all of them have influence over Chance now. Oh, that's equal. All right. So that is going to bring our character creation to a close.
If you've listened through all of this, you're a star and I love, I'm going to edit that out. That's weird. Parasocial relationships are bad, y'all. Don't parasocial me. Oh God. But (laughs) follow me on socials at, no, uh, that's a bad joke. If you've listened to this, then congratulations. You've made it to the end, except there's more. And the more is coming up next. And then there'll be an outro here that is put together more than I am right now.